0: This episode contains some chat that might be hard to hear for some listeners. If that sounds like it might apply to you, then please do go and check out the show notes for more details. It's very, very important. Hello and welcome to Happy Place. I'm Fern Cotton and this is the show where you can forget about your troubles and your strife. Or at the very least, overcome them, hopefully, by listening to the troubles of others. Today we meet the lead singer of one of my favourite bands, long-term fan, Biffy Clyro. It is, of course, Simon Neil.
1: There's been a couple of times where I've felt a layer of, of guilt about singing about, you know, my mum passing away. And, and it took me a couple of years to realise, no, no, that, that's what makes me make art. I don't want to sit, get up in the morning, and write a song just about my breakfast or something.
0: Now, Simon and I have met several times over the years, but we only really have ever had the chance to speak for a few minutes because of the nature of TV and radio. And I've always sort of come away wanting to just dig a little bit deeper. And thankfully, on this podcast, I can I can do whatever I like, quite frankly. Um, He does not disappoint.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
0: Simon, this is such a treat. I'm I'm so glad we're getting to chat today. Historically, I would talk to you or interview you for about eight minutes max. But we can just forget the rules today and just keep on talking, which is so nice.
1: What a pleasure. Well it's lovely to see you, Fern. I hope things are all good. I know I saw you. It's probably it could be about three or four years. I mean, you're off doing your thing. We're still grafting away in the music world as it know, changes well, and evolves.
0: As you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours and, and always have been so it's just amazing to always follow your career. How, how have you found this very weird year? Obviously there's no touring, there's no live music scene, how have you found that?
1: I, th- I think like most people I, I've, I've felt kind of unsettled at points, a bit a bit down at other points and then and then feeling liberated. Sometimes, you know, we've kind of create we kind of create these little rituals and, and routines we have, and we put our pressure on ourselves to kind of to maintain productivity. And and actually, what I've what I found the most positive is trying to get off that kind of treadmill of, of onto the next thing. And it took me a few months to kind of get here. You know, <laughs> I think. I've, I've been describing it to my friends because we've just put a record out, as you see, normally we go on tour and everything. But I feel like the final frame of the film and Louise movie where we're like just about to do something and it's just paused. And, you know, you have no idea what's happened next, but yeah. we're kind of mid-flight. But um, I feel very fortunate that my friends and family are well. And I've got food on the table and a roof over the head. So whenever I get too down about the, how unsettled everything and everyone is, I just remember that and, and I'm grateful. But, but yes, strange times. I mean, strange for you as well, you know? Oh,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm recording these podcasts with a blanket over a cupboard to bounce the sound <laughs> off. I mean, it's like, what's going on? I'm amazing <laughs> people and I'm like, look at my shitty little blanket behind me on a wardrobe. But we're all just having to adapt and I think, we are finding new ways of being creative and that there is a bit of excitement there. And I'm, you know, similarly to you trying to not be overly productive and know that it's all right just to stop and like have these moments to pause. And I'm not habitually very good at that. I do lean towards trying to do too much. So, so it has been a really interesting time. Luckily, you guys already had recorded an album that you slightly delayed the release on, but it it came out this year. Such, again, an incredible album. Um, A celebration of of endings. And sort of very spooky thematically. What you were (laughs) working with way before this pandemic hit, you were kind of dancing around some of the subjects or things that we're dealing with now, I guess.
1: You know, the last few years, I think the world has become a lot more tumultuous than perhaps when you and I were kind of in our teenage years, you know, things seemed, I was kind of worried about romance, about going out and getting having a drink, you know, like like my choices of career, little things like that, that, that nowadays are kind of can't be taken for granted anyone's choice of career or occupation. But I definitely was going through a, a period where I felt like I needed to be in control of m- of how I react to things. That's basically where it came from. There was a couple of long-term working relationships we had that came to an end and and it wasn't desirable for either party and 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 it kind of shook me to my foundations and the band to the foundations but we found a way through it and, and part of that was just not letting it become oppressive or not letting the negative side of it and the sadness of, of the deterioration of a, of a relationship actually affect moving forward because we're, we're kind of trained to think if something finishes or comes to an end that it's immediately a bad thing. You know, that, you know normally you think, oh, I wish that was still going on. And, and actually there's a, there's, there is a liberty to moving forward and having choices, having opportunities and, and kind of trying to savor those opportunities. Because sometimes we, we train ourselves, as I said earlier, about being into one kind of lane and doing one thing. And it sometimes takes something tumultuous or, or like a trauma of some sort to shake you up and it makes you realise what you truly cherish and what is actually important to you. So, so I kind of went through that a, a couple of years ago, um, you know, mentally and and, and and kind of outwardly with relationships. And then this year, as we've been talking up the album, you know, the virus was peeking around the corner. You know, it, like everyone else, I wasn't aware of how how dangerous it, it was going to be. I think there was a, there was a comfort in the distance initially. Where it's like, oh, that's the other side of the world. But as we all know, the world's a small, small place now, but it did feel a long way away. So so I feel that what I've been contending with and everyone else has been contending with this summer and this year is kinda of what I was trying to find my way through a couple of years ago. So yeah. it's given me a, a level of fortitude at the moment to kind of deal with the unknown, which which I think is is probably the most unsettling part to any human is is not having that level yeah. of control or you know, knowing what's around the corner. We like to think we we can control our lives and control our destinies, but really who knows where we're gonna end up, you know?
0: We are wildly out of control at every minute <laughs> of the day. But if we really sit and think about that, we wouldn't leave the house. But of course <laughs> know. You know, that's the truth for all of us. And it's it's so interesting because like you say, we all try and plan what's coming next, whether that be in our personal lives, working lives, whatever, you know, just planning to meet a friend you know at the weekend or whatever all those sorts of measures make us feel safe and mm-hmm. i think this year like you say the most unsettling unsettling thing is that being ripped from beneath us that there, there is no safety net because we're just all sort of free falling together and no one's really guiding us in any particular direction so it so it is scary and i think you know what you've tapped into thematically with the album and and the name of the album having the word endings in there you know endings even if it's you know even if it's a positive ending a positive change any sort of change is hard you know for humans we're not good at it we're not good at adapting it takes practice and then we become more dynamic and and resilient etc but but not easy And, and I think especially with with relationships and it's a subject I've been thinking about Recently, because we've all had that, you know, we've all had friendships end, working relationships expire. Um, and it, it there is a level of trauma there because, you know, you, you question then sort of trust and loyalty and, uh-huh. and all sorts of things. And I think it's quite a rocky road to find peace with that sometimes.
1: It, it, can, it can be, you know, I think because you question yourself, you question like everything that's kind of perhaps happened throughout the relationship and you start to doubt things that you shouldn't doubt and 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 I don't think when people grow apart as well, I don't think that's a terrible thing. I think that's just the nature of being humans, and we all evolve differently and but it is it can it can be really sad and you look you know you look inward, you think could have done things differently, and of course, we all could do things differently but but you can't change what's happened and for whatever's brought you to this moment, you've just got to try and make the most positive decision for yourself and your loved ones and and you know, and, and at moments you do have to be a little bit selfish. That's not to say that you, you know, you sacrifice anyone else's feelings. I don't mean that. But at points you have to say, well, is this making either of us happy? Is this going to get worse before, before it gets better? or Or is it not going to get better? And I think that with a bit of age, I think you start to, you're able to kind of, Put things in perspective and know maybe where you in some relationships you can work towards something better because you're pulling in the same direction and in other ones you realize as time's going on you're just getting further and further apart but I think that's the story of of life as our parents always told us growing up you know mm. things seem simpler when you're when you're younger, perhaps not for this generation who have right. an awful lot <laughs> who have an awful lot in their lap but but you know like the, things that you do figure things out as you get older I, I just turned 40 last year and i've just turned 41 last week it was oh, the worst 40th nice. 40th year ever thank <laughs> I'm you sure. it was like a whole, the whole year just went like that in a fit of, of like oh no oh.
0: <laughs> God.
1: but 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 i do feel like, like for want of a better phrase an inner confidence growing i think i think you're more aware of your identity as you get older you're more aware of what does bring you joy mm. that life really life's a bit too short to really be you know struggling with things that if you don't have to you know there's enough struggles in life without kind of without persevering with something that yes. might not be worth it
0: again this is something that's been massively on my mind I mean I'm of a similar age I'm 40 next year and um and it's it's been something you know there's been a lot of sort of life lessons going on and, and we spoke to Deepak Chopra on, on this podcast and he, I mean, there were so many things. I literally was like scribbling things down afterwards <laughs> that I must remember to apply for my life. Yeah. But one of them being that sometimes, well, most of the time, to find peace, always pick the path that requires less effort. And I was so surprised by this because I was like, oh, i meant to be fighting for things, like fighting for relationships, fighting for what I want, fighting for what I believe in. But sometimes the power comes from, letting go. And you know, when we apply it yeah. to things like relationships like we're talking about now, and there'll be a lot of people that will be dealing with this, as I sort of am at the moment, with with certain sort of situations in my life where sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. So you know, something's yeah, yeah. you know, a relationship's ended or there, there's some sort of problem going on. Like you say, sometimes worth fighting for and you find some common ground. But other times there's the acceptance of Th- th- this has expired, and i and I can walk away, and that's okay rather than feeling guilty about it, yeah, and that, that's th- something I'm learning now
1: i think I think it's because, as you say, we trained ourselves to be this, oh, we have to be fighting for something at all times for something to have value or worthwhile, you need to be fighting for it and and it's that's a kind of dangerous state of mind and and I think this lockdown and the virus has actually made us all reassess that and think. You know, the moments that we're, you know, touch wood, we don't go in lockdown again. But now we're back down to six people getting together at once. And it it does make you kind of evaluate for better or worse where things come in that priorities list. And and if you could only see, you know, two people or three people, who would they be? And I think we've had to train ourselves to not fight for the things that we we can't win, you know, And, and... you know, in life, life is is short, you know, I'm I'm definitely hitting my middle, midlife crisis, (laughs) Um, but, 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 you know, like life life does, it's flying by and and it's, it's not long enough to have to put yourself in really awkward situations if you don't have to, you know, I've, I've felt like in the lockdown, I've fallen back in love with the simplicity of playing music with my friends rather than like the, the machinations of the industry and and perhaps having my ego stroked on stage, you know. Mm. Like I've realized that actually what I cherish and need is to have a laugh with my two friends and make music. You know, like like this morning we've just we've got a beautiful little puppy during lockdown, which I know uh-huh. a lot of people have. And, and my, my biggest highlight of the moment is, excuse I'm I won't be rude, but when my dog does a number two, I'm running around. I'm going, like, me and my wife are just having the time of our lives. That's bringing, bringing the most joy to us at the moment. And we're laughing nonstop because we, we've never discussed oh, toilets so as much in our entire life. Yeah. But, you know, we're high-fiving. <laughs> we're high-fiving <laughs> when the dog does something like that. And, and actually, I, I'm, I'm loving it because sometimes, you know, you sit and you... There's days where I watch too much news and I think, how are we going to get out of this? And then other days, I think it's those moments of joy that matter. And it I think is. we're all still having this subconscious kind of, kind of battle with ourselves that we know what makes sense, but there's a part of us that kind of is uncomfortable with being comfortable. Yeah, we well, will.
0: absolutely. And, and I mean, that gets exasperated for people in, in your position because, you know, you're you you live a high octane lifestyle normally, you know, you're traveling around the world, you could track, you know, f- three or four different countries in a week, you're gigging, there's crowds, you don't know where you are in the world half the time, it's really fast paced. And I guess there there is no pause or um, even desire to stop and go, oh, wow, a simple moment, whatever that might be. So I think you know, for, for all of us, that's been a real pleasure. But I'm imagining for you, that's been quite an extreme version of that sort of really extracting yourself from that crazy carousel and having simple moments like your dog doing a number two.
1: <laughs> it, it is. I mean, this is the most amount of time I've slept in my bed in about 20 years. Wow. Like, you know, the, the most amount of time we normally sleep at home is maybe, maybe a month maximum, you know, and, and so I've enjoyed that aspect. It's it's the strange thing for me was the creation like to create an album and kind of have that momentum and the, the mental momentum of it and and wanting to share it and then not being able to take that logical next step which is as you say travel and play it and take it all around that, that's that's been tough to to deal with because i feel a little bit purposeless at, at certain points um. you know but again I feel like I've got a chance to kind of learn about myself a little more, and and I don't. I feel like I don't lose value or identity by not being in tour. And, you know, initially yes. I thought, oh no, that's who I am. You know, if I if I'm not able to go and sing on stage, who am I? And, and does it devalue my worth in, in life and in this universe? Or, and actually, it it doesn't. You know, it's just a diff. It's just a different thing. We're just going through mm. a different moment of. Mm. Um, so I've, I've quite enjoyed the simplicity and and honestly kind of forgetting my ego a little bit you know see I'm sure you're the same when you've been in real intense periods of work and traveling and, and things and and everything revolves around what you do and you live in this bubble and you kind of get in a slightly inflated sense perhaps of of self and and what you're doing you know I don't, i'm not meaning you but <laughs> yeah. one yeah.
2: listen, like listen that,
1: here <laughs> <laughs> who do you think you are um, no i know but what you mean do. like
0: small things feel very stressful but to anyone else they'd be like why are you worried about you know, yeah why are you worried using on a book cover or something <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? and,
1: it, and it does matter to, it is important but it's not yeah. that that level of importance that level of kind of mountain out of a molehill mm. and and as i say that that's that's what i'm quite enjoying when I've been hanging out with, with my family and things, I've really savoured being able to say, I'll see you next week, little things like that because I never normally get to do that. It, you know, and I'm not complaining. I love I would, there's nothing I'd rather do than play music and take my songs around the world. But see being able to see to my say to my nephews and my nieces, Oh, I'll see you next Friday, we'll come oh, and I'll hang out, you I'll know, we'll awesome. go for a, a kick about and things. And that that's it's those little things that I'm really savouring. So whenever I, I get to um, unsettled with, with the music side of things. I just think of that. And I have faith that as human beings, we need to share music, art. We need to be together. That's what we are. We're social creatures. And I know at some point when things are safer, we will get in rooms together. We will share these moments. We'll talk about this era because it's not just going to be a time period. It's going to be an yeah. era, really. And and and, But I think that we'll come out with this with a wonderment of the world. That's what I kind of want. Maybe it sounds a bit hippy-dippy.
0: I don't think at all. I think, I think there will be, you know, there'll be some huge negatives and there'll be some brilliant positives. But like me and my mate were saying the other day, oh, I just really want to stand in a field with loads of people I don't know and just dance. <laughs> like just people I've don't before. I just really miss it, like, so desperately.
1: It's that connection, because that's my example I use. I don't even think about live music, about me playing. I think about standing in a crowd when you, when your eyes connect with someone you've never met before across a venue, and you're both singing a lyric yes. at the top of your voice. And there's that moment of pure electricity, pure magic. You might never see that person ever again, but you never forget that moment. You've just had this purest connection. And, mm. and it's funny you and your friend are saying that, because I'm, mm. I'm still... I'm kind of hoping that there's no, that things don't slip to people's subconscious about a, a fear of lots of people. I, know. I, th- I think I know. that human need, the human need for connection and intimacy, I think will override that. But I know there's elements of fear at the moment. But, yeah, um, I
0: hope so. Because it is so important. And I think sometimes the arts are, you know, devalued. Obviously, we all know the the, the vast importance of the NHS right now and all the people that are working so hard. But
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: And, you know, I'm such a huge music lover, as, as you know, and I, I can't mm-hmm. play an instrument. I'm not musical in the slightest. But for me, the joy purely comes from somebody often either playing an instrument or, or singing the words that relate to my story without them knowing anything about me and that amazing alchemy of that's what I feel, but I didn't know how to articulate it. Yes, And, and, and that must be such a wonderful thing for you. I, I'm sure there's a catharsis in, in the writing process for you, but also knowing that you're actually reaching out to people and, and helping and creating solace and comfort that, that must be a really lovely feeling.
1: Yeah, it does remind you of the power of music and and music. I love all art forms. I love art. I love movies. I love literature. There's something about music that is like so intimate, you know, it feels, see if you find a song that does see how you're feeling, like there's nothing beats that, you know, you you can sit by yourself, listen to a song and feel a part of something. And I don't think there's any other kind of art form that does that. When when I find it as I'm getting older and writing more songs, my, my my job is to is to turn off the fact that I know I'm going to be playing to lots of people or there's people going to be waiting for the songs because I think if you're too aware that, that you're, or certainly for me, the way I create, if I'm too aware that someone else is going to interpret what I'm singing, it can make me then try and second guess my lyrics and yeah. things or, or maybe wonder how will this be taken. And actually the truest form of art is kind of like how it comes out, how you see it and how you hear it. And then, you know, kind of fingers crossed, to a certain extent, people connect. But I, I do feel lucky, you know. I've, I've We've written records about grief. I've written records about being married. I've re- written records about, you know, friendships deteriorating and things. And, and I think that's why I feel very fortunate with the connection with our fans, because the people that come to our shows, they really, they feel the songs. And, and that's all I've ever wanted from my music is someone to, you know, when you, when you, when I, make eye contact with someone in a crowd and they're singing and, and I can see that their heart's pumping with this song. And I, and I think, God, this is, this is a tune that I wrote. I, it still blows my mind. And it's what gives me the energy of a 19-year-old when, when I'm in tour and on a stage. I mean, we still jump around, wear shirts off for two hours, <laughs> which is patently ridiculous, but I'm never going <laughs> to stop doing that. You know, if I, if, as soon as I feel like I don't have that level of energy or that level of commitment and love and passion for what I do, will stop but thankfully people when people share our music and tell us their stories along with our music it's it's glorious and it gives me life life force I mean
0: you guys always will because you know I think all of your fans have that understanding that you're not going to write songs that are going to you know skip over subjects or kind of skirt on the outside of the subject you're going to go right to the nucleus and you're going to your soul and talk about things like you said like grief and I know you know one of your albums was based around the grief of losing your mother and you know you're you're talking about really personal situations that I'm sure can't have been comfortable to write but 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 perhaps had that element of of you processing it as you're making the album is that is that how it happens
1: yeah I think like a lot of people that write songs and things I find it easiest to communicate through through my songs I probably say more through my music you know than I'll do to my friends and family perhaps sitting you know even though we spend lots of time together yeah. they'll figure out more about me from the songs and I think I think there's perhaps a defense mechanism in that that I can present it as art and, and it, it can be hidden if need be there's 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 been a couple of times where I've felt a layer of, of guilt about singing about, you know, my mum passing away because, ironically, that album was like our first album that kind of got became quite successful, for want of a better word. And I really struggled with that because I felt like, have I just now cashed in on a, on a feeling of, of sadness and kind of hollowness? And, and and it took me a couple of years to realise, no, no, that that's what makes me make art. I don't want to... Sit, get up in the morning, write a song just about my breakfast or something. You know, I know that sounds ridiculous, but but it needs to be something that that I'm always going to care about, that I'm always going to feel and and have that kind of same attachment, different relationship with with the emotions, but but that same attachment and appreciating how important it was then and how important the development of the feelings is now. But but it, it has been tough at points. I think now with a bit of distance from that record in particular, I feel more comfortable. And I, and I now see, this, this, I almost feel like I had a strength to write those songs, not to sound full of myself, but um, when I look back, I'm like, actually, it was quite brave and it was risky. But thank goodness I did it, because I, I would not have processed those feelings properly if I hadn't sung them, the songs over, you know, on tour, and then maybe the odd interview about the album and things. I think if I hadn't been forced to address it in that way, I wouldn't have addressed it, you know, and I, th- I think a lot of a lot of people in, in, are like that in general, you know, when when especially with grief because it, you go into shock and 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 everyone around is kind of like treating you with kid gloves and want to make sure you're okay, but everything goes into this weird kind of soft focus and and uh, and you're not really yourself for a while. Um, as I'm sure you know lots of your listeners you know unfortunately it's just a human, but
0: this is human it. condition but, this is, but that's why it's so important that that you've channeled that into music because I think really important subjects that are hard to talk about should be presented in varying ways so you know in in book form in in talks in podcast film tv poetry and music because we need that sort of three sixty approach to to dealing with things that are hard to talk about, and it, and it's interesting you say that that you have found that process easier than sitting and and talking to someone, and and I can absolutely understand it. I mean, I've sort of similarly done the same with with writing books, which is you know quite prolific in what I'm saying, and it is very much exactly as you know the story goes, but. I would rather say to my mum, go go read that. And then she's like, Oh God, what the hell? You know, she has no clue because I haven't told her, you know, that I had a panic attack or whatever, because it's too weird or awkward or I don't know. It's just, it's still, you know, I spend my life talking about mental health, but I still have my own personal stumbling blocks because it is, it's a tricky thing. And I think these subjects being presented in different ways is, is of paramount importance. And and I think also um, for men, you know, I, I, it, it sounds like you're generalizing, but we're kind of not because we've seen the statistics. We know that male suicide rates are, you know, increasing year on year and they far outweigh female suicide rates. And um, and men do find it perhaps more difficult to talk about emotions or, or things that are going on in their lives. And I, and I wonder how being in a group with two of your, your greatest mates, Ben and James, have you had sort of an open dialogue? Have you had that, that sort of comfort to feel like you, you could talk if you wanted to?
1: To be honest, that's probably more of a recent thing. I think, sadly, it is generalising, but, but most most young men don't want to talk about that kind of thing. They, they, they feel like it's a, that the vulnerability is a sign of weakness or something. I feel like the, the, the generation coming of age just now, I think, have a much healthier perspective and point of view in that. For, for my kind of generation, it just, it just wasn't the done thing. And one of my really good friends is one of my favourite artists, a fellow called Scott Hutchison, who was a singer in a band called Frightened Rabbit. And he, he he committed suicide a couple of years ago. And he was someone that, from the outside, expressed himself beautifully through his music. He's in a band with his brother. He, he was idolised by many, many people and a real source of inspiration. And and, and he just couldn't overcome his own battles, you know, and but from the outside it, it was looking like oh well, he's processing this and and and, and sadly he's, he's succumbed to, to suicide and, and thought that was his his best way out and and it's absolutely heartbreaking when you when you see someone that you you, you think has strength and, and everything, and you men have dealt with it all wrong for a long time, you know and and, and I think we it's been swept under the carpet, and I think just being able to say, "Hey, excuse my French here, but I feel shit." you know, I feel shit. I don't even to say, I don't even know why. I think that yeah. that's, like, don't be afraid to say that you don't know why you don't feel right. You know, not everything comes with a reason. And I think, I think that's part of it is, oh, I, I don't feel it. But I don't know why, everything's fine. So so whatever, I'll just go on with it. And actually, it, you can neglect yourself in a really d- dangerous way. But for myself and the boys and the band, in the last few years, it's since our, our friend Scott and everything is. We've been very aware that look, you, you can't keep these things in. You know, it, it's nice to put an arm around someone and just say, Hey, I hope you're all right. But actually, see, express it, express it. You know, like if if, if you are feeling like you're just going down, spiraling down, then, then kind of put a hand up to, to help to, for someone to help you. Because otherwise, people don't know. And, and everything's so, just in the, this era of everything being so visible with social media and everything, we all put on our best displays where we can and 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 we can never forget that as humans we have that kind of uncertainty inside and that vulnerability and um an ego shouldn't get in the road so so yeah it's something we've discovered recently we've we've had ups and downs and and part of that's been our, our dynamic as a band has changed at points you know sometimes you're getting on like a house on fire other times you want to set their house on fire, <laughs> but, but but you know I think. But again, any worthwhile relationship has that ups and downs. But yeah. it's it's as we were saying earlier. It's if it's if there's something worth fighting for. If you feel that you can help each other out, and um, you know, if any of your listeners don't know, Ben and James, the other guys in my band, are twins as well. So it's a really unique dynamic we have. We've, we've been friends from when we were like seven years old, and been a band from when we were thirteen. So I mean, this is our like our teenage childhood band, and and it's that's when it's easy to kind of put your feelings to the side, you know. For twenty years, it's like, hey, we're on this great journey. No, nothing matters. We're bulletproof, bouncing off, and then suddenly you're like, oh, or something happens in your life, and you're just winded. So, mm-hmm. um, so now we, we've discovered a healthy way recently. Sadly, I, I wish it, I could say it's been for longer, but um, for me, I, I, I had a bit of a turning point on tour a few years ago when. It was 2013 actually. I had a bit of a, for one of a better you, a bit of a kind of breakdown in tour. That I just when I, land, I landed in Toronto at the airport, and I just couldn't physically, my body couldn't take me through the through the airport. And then I get like putting a gurney and everything, and it and just and it was one of those where I'd been neglecting myself for so long and been on the treadmill for like at that point probably ten years without coming up for air. And after that moment, I, I, I discovered meditation. I tried medication for a bit, which which I don't think anyone should be afraid of. You know, if, if you need to take some medication to help you get yourself balanced, I think that's absolutely fine. You know, I cut, cut down on my drinking and everything, realized that that wasn't a way through. And so, so you do have these, looking back on what we've been doing, I see these moments, these key moments, and we've been lucky that we kind of made the right choices at the right times. Sometimes in those moments, you know, there's forks in the road, you can... If you make the wrong choice, it's really hard to go back. But I feel that every time we've hit those huge stumbling blocks, or we've needed each other, or we've needed to reassess our lifestyle, we've done that, and I think that's the friendship has helped us do that. But as we've gotten older, we've we've it's become much healthier, and we're we're more aware of it in advance now, rather than waiting for the drama to happen. Yes. And go, what do we do?
0: That's just from experience, isn't it? Because I think, like you say, you know, you have these stumbling blocks, and you and you and you make. Good choices or bad, and then you learn it and, and you try again and it 's so good that that you do all talk now, and I think you know we need to have that discussion on a you know really focusing on on men because I know even looking at my podcast there 'll be a breakdown of more women listening than men, and, and it still seems like these sorts of conversations to men feel like oh it 's not for me, but it 's fundamentally about being human living life not feeling ashamed about anything you know you touched on something so important there. talking about you know your steps out of having that that breakdown or that that big um, patch for you there because you know I've had exactly the same I had had a huge depressive sort of year and I again I went on medication to just get my head above the ground to sort of start off and then and then you know I've sort of made lots of positive life changes that feel right now. But I think it doesn't matter what route you take. It's as long as you know that you're making any sort of change or trying something to just exactly change your, your point of focus, I guess, really.
1: that That's exactly it. To feel, I mean, earlier we we're talking about relinquishing control in certain aspects, but seeing in that instance, it, it feels nice to feel that no, no, I'm, I'm going to try and kind of help myself through this. Do you, would you say you rely more like on your family family or your friends you know who's your kind of sounding board yeah, if you if you're
0: I guess sometimes so. it's
1: tough to say to your parents you know because you just yes. sometimes you think oh I don't want to yeah
0: <laughs> not my mom god bless I love my mom but it's she'll get get way too stressed so I think you know I I like you really very much rely on practical things like meditating and doing yoga but also I'm really lucky in the fact that my husband's um you know he's recovering uh, drug and alcohol addict and he's been sober for eight years so we can have really great chats about all the sorts of weird sort of thought processes and, and things that we'll be going through. And I'm, I feel really grateful for that relationship. And I don't think you necessarily need lots of those soundboards. I think it is just knowing you've got some really trustworthy ones. I, it's I'm, knowing I'm they're
1: really, there. It's knowing yes, they're there. You're absolutely it, right. It is.
0: I'm, I'm really interested to know what, what's, um, what does your meditation practice look like? You know, how much has that changed your life and, and, and how do you implement it into your, your day?
1: Well, it's it's transcendental meditation I do, which is it's two sets of 20, meditations for twenty minutes. So, like a twenty-minute meditation in the morning, and, and you're given a. I did a, a course on it and everything, and you're given your mantra and your, you know, it's 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 actually a beautiful few-day course. I, I, I was, it was one of those things where I was a little bit like, oh, yeah, I'll go and try it. I don't think this is for me. And as soon as I was in there, I was like, no, this feels right. I need this and mm. again. So I would I would say any any men listening or anyone listening but men in particular who sometimes are resistant to these kind of things give it a try you you know you'll be amazed at how you feel and how it clears your brain but so yeah so once in the evening once in the morning 20 minute mantra and it's the way it was described to me that helped was it just retrains your brain so sometimes you're in those moments you go straight to the reaction you know like you go straight from something happens and react and actually, you miss this whole kind of middle part of your brain. I'm sure that's medically the part of your brain. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: it's a science like say with science. Yes, yeah, science. Right?
1: There, that part right there. But <laughs> you know, like you're not processing the thought and not actually putting it in perspective or in context. And that's where that's I, I became a, just a tighter and tighter coiled spring. And that was when, as I say, I reached the moment where I had a, a proper do. And 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 the, doing the meditation, it just really unraveled me. I just felt like it. In a in a good way. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that's perhaps yeah, yeah. an unfortunate. But it unwound me, and and I also read a lot of sto about stoicism, which is I don't know if you've if you've read much no. or you've dipped your toes. It. It's there's um it's a book particularly I've got called the Daily Stoic, and it's okay. it's all it's these old meditations from from back in the day. It's like philosophers like Seneca and Marcus Aurelius, who, I'm th- who I thought was just a character in the Gla- Gladiator movie. In terms <laughs>
0: Turn Turns out it was mind. an actual
1: fella. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's beautiful. See the, See the way that they discuss yourself in the world and how you know. Really, one of the only things we have control is what's going on in here. And if we can train ourselves to not be as affected by the outward influences and inspirations and and pressures, then then everything becomes easier to deal with. And and actually reading the stoicism with my TM. It, 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 I felt like I was breathing differently. I honestly felt, I felt like my, my head was going from kind of like walking around like that to, you know, like, wow. like that. And, and the stoicism is what I go back to. I still meditate every day. I don't read the Stoicism every day unless I feel like I'm kind of perhaps going down and I need just a little recontextualisation of, of who I am and where I am in the yeah, world.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Again, again I've, I, hope this, I hope I'm hope i not coming across sounding self-obsessed. <laughs> no, we're you know, about, I'm yeah.
0: here to interview you, so it's um, meant to be. Absolutely. You?
1: Um, um, but I honestly recommend it. It's... There's like a little note, a little quote for every day and it explains it through and it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful book and it's really helped me. I've been reading it now for about five years. There's there's only, it's just a daily thing, you know, 365 quotations, but it's a really wonderful thing and it, and it just, whenever I feel like things are becoming a bit too oppressive or on my shoulders, I read that and it just reminds me, you know what, things have been happening for millions of years. What I think is the most important and worrying thing right now, if I zoom out, and I see it in context, even just in the small town I live in, never mind zooming out to the country, zooming out to mm. the world. It doesn't effing matter. Yes. It's not important.
0: Oh, you God, know. I know. So, so, and, and has this in any way impacted your creativity in a good way or bad? And, and I say that because I find this quite fascinating, specifically about, I guess, musicians, poets, writers, that often, well, and I've interviewed obviously lots of people in, in the world of the arts, sometimes their what they deem their greatest work comes from a real place of pain. And I wonder if through your own healing, you've had moments of going, oh God, can I access those parts of me if I'm feeling okay?
1: Yes, I, ha- I have worried. I mean, especially my band, we, we play obviously quite intense music at points. Sometimes we make pop music, but sometimes I'm screaming and there, there, there's been there's been times where I have thought, am I, am I losing that anger? And actually it's, it's finding a different type of anger. It's, it's not, you know, there's, there's sometimes the anger can be pure visceral and it can be pure catharsis, but then even the act of, of then recording that song 18 months later, it becomes something different. So for me in those moments of creation, I do like to feel fragile and vulnerable which, which I find tougher when I want to become stronger in my mind, of mind and of heart and body. I do find that tough, but I, I feel, again, like fortunate that we've been a band for a long time, so I can wait for those moments where I yeah. feel like, no, no, this this is, I'm down in that moment, and I'm, and this is pure heartfelt, it's dark, but I know I can come back to the light, whereas I felt like that was all I had for a while. Yeah. You know, I felt like I was writing so many songs so quickly in quick succession going into her coming straight home straight back into it you know and um, and felt there was no break now I feel like it's okay to not feel like writing a song for a month or two you know I now don't feel the guilt of of that it's like well I'll know when it's time and I'm not the kind of person that most creative people do write from the more negative feelings and the darkness you know it's it's kind of for some reason it was, it's what's most inspiring to us yeah, humans, you know, joy really? joy doesn't necessarily make you want to create in the same yeah. way. Um, so so yeah, it, it's something I, I worry about, but I'm not panicking about because I know I've probably still got enough things unsettled inside me that I know they'll still rear their head and I'm and I'm ready. I've got my antenna up for when <laughs> that happens.
0: <laughs> but it's just <laughs> but, interesting. But yeah, I think it'll be just so you know fascinating to to see where you guys go as a band next, knowing that. You know, you're you're all in a different place personally, perhaps, and also as a band with with how you speak to each other and 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 how that open dialogue continues and and how you yeah. observe simply human emotion. I think it, it's going to be fascinating to see where you guys go next, and and I'll I'll certain, certainly be waiting for whatever that turns into.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Fern, Thank you. Yes, you know what? We're in such a weird time, but I think we just we have to kind of embrace this chaos as much as we can and try and find the silver linings on the, on the cloud because you know what it, it's it's we're going through a traumatic experience at the moment we all are in different ways but it is it's, it's an existential thing we're dealing with but you know what there's there's ways through this we're a strong we're adaptable species as we said just before we started how many new skills have we all discovered and learned since the lockdown began and we've, we've been adaptable and, and we're good at it and you know oh, what? Mate, we just I need can to-
0: make literally anything out of a cardboard box for my kids now number one skill <laughs> I can make a pirate ship a pirate hat a sword I've done it all I've sussed it mate all. I think I,
1: I want to come and play at your house yeah great right. we've
0: got it all going on here um, Simon thank you so much what an absolute joy um, I've been so looking forward to recording this episode and it's just lovely to catch up with you and stay safe and keep creating and, and making your your beautiful music and um and we'll catch up soon
1: thanks so much fair and such a pleasure to talk to you as always
0: oh big thanks to the wonderful simon neil a real treat to have more than five minutes with you sir what a gent thank you Now, next Monday, we'll be back with another happy place. So make sure you subscribe to hear new episodes when they drop. Spread the word. Tell your friends if you think they will like this podcast. And look, a huge thank you to everyone that has left a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. So I appreciate that. Go tell people about your favorite guests. Do it now. Do it now. Thank you to Simon, to the producer, Matt Hill at Rethink Audio. Thank you, Matt. And to you for listening. I'll see you next week. Stay safe, lovelies.